You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome, listeners, and welcome, Kim. It's so nice to see you post-finals, and summer is finally officially upon us, friend. Yay! (laughs) That's right. I know you're thrilled. (laughs) I'm thrilled. I've got grades in, and I'm good to go. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It was a good semester. Very thankful. Well, before we introduce our special guest, I'd like to mention that there are a few important biblical counseling conferences and women's conferences coming up this summer that we just want to make our listening audience aware of. Um, First, June 10th through 11th, uh, 180 Ministries, in partnership with the Masters University, will be hosting their second annual Soul Care Conference in Santa Clarita, California. They host it at Placerita Bible Church. And the theme this year is the sufficiency of Scripture, where we will hear from some wonderful speakers such as John MacArthur, Abner Chow, John Street, and so many others. And so if you would like to find out more details, you can register at careofsoulsconference.org. That's careofsoulsconference.org. Another exciting biblical counseling conference that's coming up this summer uh, um, is June 16th to 18th. Um, which is put on by the Institute of Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. Their theme this year is Friendship, a Lost Theology for One Another Care. And they're being hosted by Cornerstone Fellowship Bible Church at Riverside, California, where Milton Vincent pastors, you know who that is, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Gospel Primer. Uh, We love that resource. And they, too, will have a great lineup of speakers, such as Milton Vincent, but also good friends like Jim and Caroline Neuheiser, Brian Borgman, Keith Palmer, Scott Mel, Eileen Scipioni, and Shannon McCoy. And you can find out more details on this conference at www.ibcd.org. And then finally, uh, we wanted to make our listening audience aware of the Open Hearts in a Closed World Conference. That's always exciting, and it will be um, hosted July 11th through 15th. This is an online conference, which is always great, and their theme this year is Spiritual Sisterhood Going Beyond the Facade. So if you'd like to access that, it's www.openheartsinaclosedworldconference.com. It's a mouthful, www.openheartsinaclosedworldconference.com. And there's going to be some great speakers, like Kim, for instance, (laughs) and Martha Peace and Susan Heck and so many more godly women to learn from. That's going to be such a blessing. Um, It is a free uh, conference. I almost said concert, but it's a free conference (laughs) to all who are interested. And so there's lots and lots and lots to look forward to this summer. Well, today I have the privilege of introducing a very special guest. Uh, This woman is near and dear to my heart. She's my oldest daughter, Carlisle Crawford. Carlisle and her husband, Mike, have been married for eight years, and in August of 2020, Sean and I, my husband Sean and I, were blessed with our first grandchild that they brought into the world. His name is Noah, and he is just the apple of our eye. (laughs) Um, I'd also like to mention, too, that Carlisle, by the way, is an alumna of the Master's University. She got her degree in in, uh, communications from here, and so I got to see her all those years she was a student. And like any first-time mom and dad, um, Mike and Carlisle uh, spent months 
getting ready for Noah's arrival. Um, we were just talking about our first children before we went on the air, what a blessing that is to all of us. And it can be one of the most exciting times in our life. Um, and, you know, they, we spend uh, months and months anticipating and just prepping for the baby and looking forward uh, to the day when we can bring them home. But I want you to imagine uh, Mike and Carly uh, coming, from the, coming home from the hospital, only to find that within days of giving birth, Carlisle finds herself struggling with extreme anxiety, having full-blown panic attacks, experiencing suicidal thinking, and just lacking any kind of joy. All of these scary behaviors truly happened to my daughter, and it was, very, uh, it was physically challenging as well as extremely terrifying to all of us because nobody expected that. It was something that just came upon her, and it was just a scary time for all of us. Um, and thinking through that and doing some research, we found that many women do feel sad after childbirth. Even I can remember experiencing some despair, but usually it dissipates after a couple of weeks. But postpartum depression, which is our topic uh, for today, which is also what Carlisle was eventually diagnosed with, uh, lasts much longer. It's much more severe, and it interferes with daily life. In fact, according to uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, postpartum depression is the number one complication after birth, and it actually affects one in eight women. Mm -hmm. And that is a staggering statistic. And so that's why Kim and I thought it would be very profitable for our listening audience to understand better how to counsel and help those in our churches that struggle with PPD. Most women know somebody. The, the, st the statistic is just too high. So most know at least one person who struggles with this issue, or maybe we're finding that there are women in our audience that struggle with it themselves. Um, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Carlisle and Mike were over for dinner with another couple, and um, they were just talking about this very thing, the other couple talking to Carlisle about someone they knew that was struggled with it. And so that's why we invited Carlisle to come on the show to share her story of struggle, but also to share her story of victory um, over her struggle through Christ, who has been strengthening her faith all the way. So Carlisle, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm glad you agreed to come on and share your story. It's going to be so helpful to so many people out there. And so to get us started, why don't you just begin by telling us your story? You can tell us a little bit about your thought process as you were getting ready to be a mom, when you got home, and then maybe how soon some of the symptoms you experienced showed up. Yeah, thank you so much, you guys. It's a really, uh, honestly, difficult topic to speak about, but really important. So I'm really thankful to be able to share my story. Um, when I was pregnant, we took classes, parenting classes, birthing and baby classes from our doctor. And this was all online because it was during the pandemic and the shutdown part of the pandemic. Um, and the pandemic had also isolated us from our ministry, fellowship, our friends. And so I would say like the months leading up to birth were pretty surreal. <laughs> Um, that's not why I experienced PPD, but um, just to give the context, I think the timing of his birth, the pandemic, and the insane political climate before the election um, was really distracting me from having a heavenly mindset as I prepared to have the baby. And um, I knew about PPD in theory. I had learned about it in our hospital classes, 
Um, but I didn't think it would happen to me. And I really didn't accept that it was happening until about six weeks um, postpartum, which is when you meet with your doctor. And that's when my husband asked me to reach out to my doctor for help because he felt that um, I clearly needed it. And essentially, at the time, I was having panic attacks every night. (laughs) Um, My son had colic and um, would cry for hours with no let up. And nursing took a long time to get right. He had reflux. He never let us put him down. Um, He was just one of those babies that always wanted to be held a certain way. And in context now, or, you know, I am with him all the time as a toddler now, so I see that's just his personality. He's active. He's wild. (laughs) He just loves to be involved and to see what's going on. But at the time, I didn't know that... um, That was his personality, and I was exhausted, and I just felt like I couldn't comfort him and I couldn't feed him correctly. Um, So those were the circumstances I was in, and the emotional spiral would start because those circumstances would trigger sinful thoughts. Um, And those thoughts would be something like, I'm not doing enough as a mom. I'm not a good mom. I was never meant to do this. And then it would spiral out of control into panic attacks that would manifest into crying, screaming, hurting myself. I felt like I was out of control and that my brain was broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one day I just refused to get out of bed. So um, I just couldn't do it anymore. And my husband, Mike, brought Noah to me to feed him and, um, you know, to do the bare minimum. But I just cried and slept all day until the evening. And that was kind of the first true sign that this was more than just sleep deprivation or the baby blues, which is really common for women postpartum, but that there was something deeper. And... um, and that was one low moment. There were other low moments. I had suicidal ideation. Um, I told my husband to just divorce me and take the baby away because um, I honestly believed that they would just be better off without me. Wow, Carly, thank you so much for being so honest with uh, the circumstances that were surrounding uh, what was going on. And um, I really appreciate your honesty, and I really appreciate how you use the word spiral in your thinking. Um, I think that that's going to be really important as we continue in our conversation, Um, just that idea of our thought life being involved uh, in this. And um, I think many women are going to be blessed Mm -hmm. and, and encouraged by you sharing. I'm... I'm way out of parenting, and I can remember looking in the mirror, getting ready one morning, and tears just running down my eyes and going, what is wrong with me? You know, I had no clue, but it was the baby blues. And so you helping us to see a deeper level of this is going to be so beneficial to our women. But I want to ask you a question In addition to your suffering, will you share what this season was like for Michael? You did a little bit, um, you know, as a new dad and a husband to to a new mom. You know, Mm -hmm. you've just changed, right? You have this new role in your life. 
uh, what did what did he experience, and and what would you like to share with the audience that would be helpful for the dads uh, who may find themselves in the same situation? Yeah, I mean, I think for him it was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was like a completely different person. Um, I just wasn't the woman he knew. And um, there was just so many manifestations of, you know, I was edgy. I was controlling. um, I was weepy. I was panicked. And, um, you know, I also wanted to, I think the more I felt out of control, the more I wanted to control. Mm -hmm. And so I would push him away when he tried to help. So it was just really confusing for him. Um, and he, you know, for him, he also has this new little person in his life that he really loves and he wants to protect. And, you know, as a man, that's a huge instinct. And I was, you know, pretty unstable. And so he had a lot of concern. It's like he these are the two people he loves most in the world and he wants to help them. But there's a lot of just complicated emotional issues for me. And, you know, he wants to make sure the baby's also being taken care of. And for our son, he was also crying nonstop. So he wants to provide comfort, but I'm pushing him away. So, yeah, I would say it was just confusing and scary. He was sleep deprived, too. He was working. We were both working. Um, So there was, you know, a back and forth about who, who needed to get sleep the most. <laughs> and um, and he didn't know who to talk to. We're blessed in our family. I mean, he has incredible Christian parents. I have um, incredible Christian family members and parents who offered a lot of support. But I think he felt not sure. Um, he was able to talk with you guys, with my parents and with his parents. But he, you know, he struggled to find a young dad who had a similar experience. And when he did, it was almost like, you know, it was like this taboo thing that men didn't want to share about their wives. You know, maybe there's like a little bit of shame or maybe still confusion even after after the fact. And he also felt, you know, that there wasn't a lot of biblical advice to turn to. And we're going to take care of that, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. No, those were scary times. I remember having conversations with Michael and him just struggling um, to find, yeah, just another young dad that that he could have a conversation with and just to to try to find some kind of common ground and help with. Um, Also, I I remember uh, just even talking with you um, about some of the things that you, some information that you were given when you did finally consult with your medical doctor because it became an issue where um, she needed to do that. She needed to call the doctor. Um, and it was interesting to kind of note that even though postpartum depression is really a common experience for women because they have so much that they write about it, it seemed like the best that they could do was just offer her medication um, at one point and even um, or maybe some kind of talk therapy. So it's not mm-hmm. like they don't have help there. Um, we know that medication, of course, just deals with the physical right. symptoms. They're kind of focused on symptoms. But I was concerned. I remember having a conversation with Carly about that and telling her that I, I really wanted to take the time to research the meds that they wanted to put her on because Noah was, um, well, that she was breastfeeding and I was concerned about side effects. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, at the time, um, as we were kind of thinking through all of that, I did ask her at that point, would she be willing to see a biblical counselor? 
because I felt that that would probably be more uh, beneficial and um, I had a person in mind and would she be willing to do that? And it so would be neat, Carly, if you could just elaborate a little bit about just your ex- your experience with the medical community. I mean, at the end of the day, um, all people that are involved in these different things care about people, but mm-hmm. um, the medical community is going to be a little bit different than how I would approach it. And then maybe um, your experience in getting involved with a biblical counselor, that probably would be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I went for my six week postpartum uh, checkup. My doc- I expressed to my doctor that I felt I was probably depressed. And um, he gave me the pamphlets that his office provides. And essentially, um, he was actually a little bit hesitant to offer medication right away. Um, but he did say that it is helpful for women who struggle with PPD. And he, um, he gave me a list of not medicate. They don't say that it's safe for breastfeeding women, but that there are studies behind it that indicate it doesn't necessarily hurt the child. So I don't know if there's a. I, I can't speak to it. I, I don't know if there's like a ton of studies out there. But for him, he felt confident providing some names, and that's what we did research around. Um, but he wanted me to speak to the PPD hotline that the local hospital provides. And when I called it the hotline, they wanted me to connect with their social worker. And that's when I started to feel uncomfortable because they expressed concern for my child. And I think the last thing I wanted was like CPS or a social worker to be involved. I think that would have probably killed me. It's like you already feel, you know, that you're incompetent enough. Um, But the social worker also wanted me to attend talk therapy but it was the program they offered was at a hospital 30 minutes away, and I just physically could not do that. I was um, feeding my son every two hours and barely driving at that point because I was afraid of being behind the wheel because I was so exhausted. Um, so that just wasn't an option for me. Also, of course, being Christian, you feel hesitant to join any sort of um, secular therapy because you you don't want to be influenced in a vulnerable state to secular reasoning. And obviously, because my mom's biblical counselor, I'm a little bit more hesitant. Um, But um, I, you know, the other thing that was concerning is because I had suicidal thoughts, they wanted to hospitalize me. And again, that was just not an option. And I do want to say, I do think that medication and hospitalization for people who are Um, in severe mental illness or experiencing suicidal ideation is appropriate often. So I don't want to say that that's not an option. Um, And certainly if there's a significant risk to a child's safety, there should be separation. But um, I think for me, it was difficult because I felt there were no other options. And that's kind of all that they gave me over a couple of phone calls. Those were the options. It was just Mm -hmm. like I felt there was an opportunity um, to, you know, be there for my young infant that still needs me and, you know, um, pursue another option that could help. And I think if I had chosen the paths that they had given me, it would have maybe made the situation worse. Yeah. I mean, there's different stages of PPD. So the one that you were, when you were speaking to hospitalization and all of that, there is a severe kind that I think that they would have to intervene. It gets Mm -hmm. really, really difficult. So Right. Yeah. And so instead, my mom um, introduced me to my biblical counselor, Zandra Scott, 
And my Yay! Yeah, yeah, we love Yay, Sandra. Sandra. Yay, Sandra. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> and my husband gave me time and space to meet with her and um I went to her office and we talked for a while and it was scary because what I was going through I mean it was ugly. <laughs> and um, you know, it's you know, you walk in and you think Christian women shouldn't you know, be struggling like this. They shouldn't hate their lives as mothers. They should love their children. And um, there shouldn't be resentment or regret, but that's where I was. And I had to tell Zandra, and she let me cry and let me tell her what I was going through. And I think for me, like, the hardest thing was just for me to say, I don't doubt God's presence in this. I know he's there. I've never doubted that. But why is he letting it happen to me? And I think that's like the ugliest thought um, you can have as a Christian is to doubt God's sovereignty and goodness in your life. So that's where we started. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, Carly, one of the things that you pointed out is that you were looking at this from a different worldview. And I really appreciate that because what you're saying is the, the hope that or the help that was offered to you did come from a different worldview. Mm -hmm. And so the worldview that we're speaking of today Mm -hmm. um, is going to talk about the very things that you were working through, right? My God is true. He is enough. He will help me. And, And we have in Scripture the, the passages that are all inclusive, right? Uh, 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, we've been given everything mm-hmm. pertaining to life and godliness. So that appeals to both of the things that you're speaking of, right? You're, you're, you're wondering why this is going on spiritually, but also physically you have all of these things going on. And, mm-hmm. and because we are body, soul, people— we know that scripture addresses that as well, mm-hmm. and so it's more. It, it, it's a more full uh, comprehension uh, than what the the counsel that you were receiving initially. Helpful, but not complete. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really I'm so thankful for. Uh, for Zandra speaking into your life, mm-hmm. uh, I would call Zandra in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and I did. <laughs> so, um, but like I said, it really is uh, a beautiful thing when we see in Scripture those all-inclusive words, um, everything, all, any, <laughs> incongruence to the work and to the character of God. And it shows us that we don't have to bail ourselves out. We don't have to wing it. uh, But that Christ's work on the cross is sufficient for everything. Mm -hmm. And and you were learning that. And you were growing in that. And that is so encouraging to me. And just to be on this side, you know, talking about it is so, so precious. But, you know, I'm thinking, like I said, specifically with, with 2 Peter 1, that does say, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That says a lot about our Savior, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow, his glory and his excellence. He is about 
bringing glory to his name. And that's why he does these things in our life and allows them to happen so that he can be glorified. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's aids that the medical field offers, you know, that will provide help. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not denying that at all. We will be the first to say, go get a physical. Oh, right, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we yeah. that is one of the first things on our to do list mm-hmm. as we are with a counselee. So you are doing the right things. And so I just want to applaud you uh, for that. But we do, as believers, with our worldview, we are going to run to God's word. And, and there are times that we don't even know where to go. Uh, when the despair comes, uh, when those hard things hit, sometimes we can just barely get through the tears mm-hmm. and the emotions. And so having a Zandra Scott, having a godly older woman who through this will point you to Scripture and help you is a beautiful thing. And that's that's the one anothering Mm-hmm. And uh, that, like you said, that conference titled it well. It's the you know the lost art, right? That we yeah. have we have left that, and the isolation prohibited the one anothering before you even went into labor. Mm-hmm. You know, there, I, it's interesting as we talk about this and look back, how many things were playing into that, or that really are a part of should be a part of a believer's day to day, and uh, we all. <laughs> Without babies, we're like, oh, we need one another. You know, after <laughs> yeah. after the you know the pandemic, oh, yeah. we were like, the, sure. we've had this, we've had enough of this. It was just we mm-hmm. missed each other so much. So, mm-hmm. well, it's really interesting to see all these things coming together. But one of the passages that I really love and and we use all the time in counseling is that there is no temptation that has overtaken you, but such is common to man. Mm -hmm. This is common to man, and even the numbers prove it, one in eight, right? Um, This is not some far-fetched, you know, strange thing. Mm -hmm. This is very, very common, or to woman in this instance. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. And that's what you saw, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you saw. God cares for us. He provides for us in the midst of our suffering, and he is faithful to provide the help that he did through the work of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. uh, who is our sympathetic high priest, right, Uh, to help us endure. And Carly, I I am a huge proponent of the one anothering. So the involvement that you received, this sincere, tangible care um, that you got from Zandra and your loving family um, provided so much help as they entered into your trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me, uh, what are some ways that your counselor, Zandra, our, our sweet Zandra, cultivated involvement in your struggling. What did she do that inspired hope in your trial? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to talk about, too, because we're speaking in the context of counselors, but friends and family can use these tools themselves mm-hmm. to encourage a sister in their life. Absolutely. So, um uh, I mean, it's important to say that, you know, Zandra listened to me patiently um, and she gave me space to cry. 
you know, I told my mom she had a tissue box on her desk and it's just that's visual. It's okay to cry here. Um, <laughs> as she served me practically. Um, she um, just from the practical side, she helped get me some help um, uh, with connecting me with an expert in homeopathic medicine, which is one uh, practical step that we took and also helped me um, connect with uh, people in our church in other ways. So that was you know, kind of the context before we started. And then during our sessions, um, yeah, there was an understanding that I'm a physical and spiritual being, like you said. And so there's practical things that we started with. Um, I needed to get tests to figure out if my hormones were out of whack, which they were. Um, And then we explored supplements um, to see if that could help with some of the recovery there. Some of it's just natural as your body goes through postpartum. So there, it just needed time, mm-hmm. but supplements certainly helped. Um, I, uh, needed sleep <laughs> and oh, what yes. that looked like was, I mean, my husband and I just had to figure out a more practical schedule and, you mm-hmm. know, who my son didn't take a bottle. So there was still a need for me to breastfeed with him pretty frequently, but, and this went on for months and well into like six, seven months. But, um, we, sleep trained him. Um, and that was super helpful having a regular schedule. So practical stuff like that, that mm-hmm. she helped me think through when my brain was not working. Right. And, and a new baby. Yes. <laughs> Sunshine was a big thing for me, mm-hmm. uh, just getting outside. So those were the practical steps. And then spiritually, obviously, it was a lot more complicated. Um, uh, we had to address the suicidal thoughts and panic attacks first. Um, so she helped tool me with an emergency card, which was sort of the first thing we worked through. And I kept it on my phone, but some people, if they're more writers, want to have it in their journal, you know. But for me, my phone, I knew I would always have it. Mm -hmm. It's my life. I'm a millennial. (laughs) What can I say? And so the emergency card was to immediately help me stop the bad thoughts that started the spiral. Um, so, uh, that was to stop those trigger moments and to focus on God's word. So, um, just as an example, it was basically a list of truths from the scripture. So it was a big word, stop your thoughts and focus on this. God is with you. Isaiah 41, 10 written mm-hmm. out. Uh, he strengthens you. Philippians four thirteen written out, you know, and I would say them out loud as I was reading through it. Um, He sustains you. And then there were prayers. Lord, remind me to abide in you. Um, You know, all these different prayers that essentially just repeated the truths, but me speaking to the Lord. And then it was a long list of things I'm thankful for. So I'm thankful for God's love. I'm thankful my son is healthy. I'm thankful for God's forgiveness in the midst of this failure. I'm thankful for my husband, my family, my church. And so... Suddenly, instead of letting these circumstances, like my son crying endlessly or, you know, we got COVID during that time, that was very intense moment of the trial. Um, instead of letting those circumstances trigger bad thoughts that spiraled into sinful anger and fear, I was entrenched in God's word and the truths about my blessings and everything he mm-hmm. had given me. So that was enormously successful for me, um, and that was the first, you know, 
major thing we worked on. And when I was free of the panic attacks is when we were dealing with the other thoughts that were feeding into my heart. So I was writing all my thoughts that I would have throughout the day down. And then when we met in our sessions, we categorized them and then we attacked. (laughs) So I think we did about 10 worksheets that was uh, for each category of of sinful thoughts. And um, we would target the sinful thoughts or beliefs um, with truths from the scripture, and then we would apply those truths to my circumstances. Um, And it's an exercise in renewing your mind. Um, it's, it leads to repentance and then ultimately attacking the sinfulness that's at the root of all of it. Um, Mm. and those new thoughts became my hourly, I I would say daily, but really at the time it was hourly meditations, you know, maybe it was minute by minute, but (laughs) yeah, so definitely that was just a renewal and, um, that's where we, you know, worked. That was the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I love about that is it just goes to show that the Word of God transforms from the inside out. It's mm-hmm. not a cognitive behavioral therapy tact. Right. Um, you know, it's... Stop it's, it. Yeah, I know. It's, it kind of reminded me of that Bob Newhart play. Just stop it. Just stop it. Um, but, but just the very means that God uses to mm-hmm. change our hearts. Um, it's very practical. It's very helpful. And I remember you talking about how in the moment, because you can't really launch into reading a long book or launch into mm-hmm. different things, that that emergency right. card was just really helpful because you could get right to it mm-hmm. and get right into the scriptures and hold your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ because mm-hmm. she's really fighting for her view of God at that point. Right. You know, right. Um, it's it's a difficult thing, and, and, and I, I, I really— Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I think that's just really helpful and encouraging. And I think it's just important that the audience realize that many women like uh, Carlisle who come with a presentation problem of postpartum depression, they're truly suffering. You know, I, Absolutely. I've, I've heard um, in talking with others, some believe this isn't even a real thing. But it is a real thing, and uh, people that struggle with it truly are suffering, and we need to um, understand that uh, going into it because they often really do feel as if their body and sometimes even uh, may believe that God's betraying them. So those, that's a real thinking-type um, struggle that they have. Um, Carly talked about it, but there there is extreme emotions involved. There is extreme thoughts involved. I mean, suicide ideation— Carly wasn't characterized that way before right. this happened to her. So this is really extreme. It's scary. Feeling terribly sad. And it came quickly. And it came quickly. Um, unexplained panic attacks. I don't, you know, I know my daughter really well. I don't ever recall her struggling with that before this happened. Um, she's always been a very joyful person. So having no joy was just wild to me. Um, feeling shame was wild to me that she would think like that. So even as a mom... You're trying to understand what is going on, and even some women often feel like they're just going to die. Mm-hmm. It's just overwhelming, and you're just struck by that. You know, it's, it's just really hard. So I would just say, like you, Carly, you know, we are probably talking in the context of counseling, but anybody um, that has a sister, a friend, um, a loved one, when you're given a chance to minister uh, to a woman going through any kind of PPD that we seek to build a relationship with them and give them hope from the scriptures, as you both um, spoke about so well, um, I, I just so important. 
Um, one issue that Carly and many like her deal with also in their season of PPD is just being overwhelmed by her thought life, as she explained, and you know, just kind of thinking through how one unbiblical thought can really trigger and spiral um, panic and sinful actions. And so it is important if you get a chance to counsel someone like that to just to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And you can see how careful Zandra was with that. Um, She uses a tool called Renewing Renewing Your Mind or Renewing a Mm -hmm. Thought Worksheet. We use that in counseling. You might be familiar with it. But what's helpful about it is when you have the unbiblical, and it's it's based on Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Sure. So when you have an unbiblical thought, you write that down first, and then you work through that passage. Um, why is it an unbiblical thought? What should you be thinking instead? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, different things about your view of God. Um, and it's, and it's um, meant to help a person process and then renew that unbiblical thinking, mm-hmm. obviously, with biblical thinking. So... Maybe, Carly, just kind of thinking through or describing for us just some thought struggles you had that would be common with women. You talked about having them, but what were some common ones specifically? Um, I'm no good at being a mom. Um, I don't love my child correctly or enough. Um, I'm alone and no one understands what I'm going through. Uh, This is forever and Mm. I can't do this anymore. I'm not enough and the baby's better off without me, which is the hardest one probably to admit. But yeah, those are some. I think there's definitely a lot of despair involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you, Carly. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those. She's making me cry. <laughs> I know. Well, we're all mamas. And if you saw Noah now, he is just... The okay. cutest little 20-month-old. He's so fun. He's just a fun kid. He talks a lot. He has, he's just a fun kid. He kind of reminds me of Carly when she was that age, to be honest. So I'm kind of reliving um, to seeing that. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a good ending. It does, yes. Well, and he is, he is a doll. That hair with those little waves. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a cutie. I, I love uh, seeing the pictures that Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah, much to my children's chagrin, I think most of my Facebook posting revolves around my grandchildren now. (laughs) We don't mind. We're in retirement. (laughs) Yeah, uh, your grandchildren are adorable, and I love getting to to see them. Um, But, Carly, I just really appreciate you being so honest. Um, I think that that's something that sometimes— Believers are are guilty of hiding behind this facade. I'm a believer in Christ. Everything is okay. We need to be really careful about that. We need to, part of one anothering is that sincere uh, care for one another, and that sincere is without wax. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that we're covering up a fault, right? And we need to really be careful about that as believers in Christ on the day-to-day. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you're you're telling us of a, a very momentous situation. But if we're doing that day to day, it'll likely be easier when um, the hard times come and we will have already developed those relationships to be able to, you know, come to somebody and say, I'm struggling. You're so blessed, you know, to have these believing parents that could come alongside you and point you in the right direction. You know, what a, what a gift from the Lord. Um, so let's get into the whole goal um, 
of biblical counseling. Carly, it's so crucial that um, this the the involvement that we see that you had that other sufferers have that in their sphere um, as well, and that this will help the mom who is suffering with PPD uh, just to grow in maturity through the sufficient Word of God that is able to mature and deepen the roots of her faith. I'm guessing you would say you're stronger now in your faith. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, Than you were a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the grace of God, right? What a good God we have. Um, But this whole idea of uh, using the word will reveal areas where a sufferer needs to repent. And it'll expose sinful thoughts. It'll expose idols and the things that need to be put off, Mm -hmm. right? And you mentioned those yourself. Um, And as a sufferer of PPD renews the spirit of her mind with Scripture, the goal is it's then she's putting on this new self, and the abiding in Christ is so huge because you've mentioned several times control. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's not abiding in Christ, right? Because who's the vine and who's the branch, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's a very practical application of scripture, right? We know that we're just the branches. And so that helps with that thinking of who's really in control. So I really appreciated that. But we want the the sufferer to submit to the Lord, to find, uh, to find herself experiencing uh, the peace that will guard her heart and her mind, mm-hmm. right? Um, and provide that peace that only Christ could can give that is surpassing all comprehension. And those are those passages that you went over in that worksheet, right? And it, and it's there for a reason, because uh, we, we do struggle in our thought life. And so God knew <laughs> that this would be a struggle, and he put those there for us to utilize and to obey. And um, I'm so thankful uh, that you did that. So, Carly, now share with the listeners some ways that you actually renew your renewed your mind with God's word that helps stop that spiral of unbiblical thinking. Yeah. So, um, for the booklet, we came up with an acronym. Should I mention the booklet? Yeah, because sure. I know you mentioned Please. it at the end. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Um, well, why don't you introduce the booklet? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, one thing that was really um, neat um, as uh, Carly found help and and peace and just hope in Christ, um, we decided to join together and uh, write a booklet together. I love this. Yeah. And so... God using this. It's so good. (laughs) But we decided to uh, entitle it Postpartum Depression, How to Stop the Spiral with His All-Sufficient Word. And um, I'll talk a little bit at the end about how you can um, obtain that. But I think it was part of just the healing process, too, just to be able to think through all the things we've been talking about and and how to have victory in that. So that's forthcoming. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, yeah, that was part of what we did. But go ahead and introduce the the peace acronym if you want. You can talk about how that was part of it if you like. This was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So for that booklet, um, we came up with a neat acronym, which – 
I'm going to use. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fine. The acronym is PEACE. Mm-hmm. Uh, pivot the bad thoughts. Embrace the truth. Acknowledge God's character. Call out to God and emphasize the gospel. So this is from the perspective of the counselor in the booklet, but um, I think it's applicable. Anyone can use this. Absolutely. Um, so here's an example. Um, the thought, the the bad thought, we were going to pivot the bad thought was I'm alone and no one understands what I'm going through. And so if we're embracing the truth, we would pull out the truth that the triune God is with you always. Mm. <laughs> and then scripture. So um, there's so many that you could speak to, but there's Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Or Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will make you mighty. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous hand, which is one I went back to a lot. Mm -hmm. So after embracing the truth with all the scripture, we want to acknowledge God's character. It's an opportunity to look at um, characteristics of God and, and meditate on them. So we talked about for this one, God is accessible and near to all who call on him. And then there's just more scripture you can speak to. Psalm 145.18, Colossians 1, 21 to 22. And then the C in peace is call out to God, um, which is an opportunity to pray. So, um, and pray out loud, I think, for me. That works for me. But Lord, I know you see and hear me in my weakness and will answer me. I will not fear, but I will draw near to you in my hour of need. I mean, that's sort of formal. Make it your own. But uh, <laughs> sure. that's that's one example. And then finally, the E is emphasize the gospel. So this is an opportunity as someone who's comforting someone going through PPD to just bring it back to what our hope is, right? Um, we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've obtained our introduction to faith into this grace in which we stand. This is all Romans 5, 1 through 5. Um, I'm summarizing. Um, and not only this, but we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, improving character hope, and hope does not put to shame because the love of God has been poured within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's like such a journey from... I'm alone to the Holy Spirit's been given to us. <laughs> it's you you're not alone as a Christian. Um, you always have God with you. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the journey with the acronym. And that's yeah. what we worked through. And you can see how working through that ten times, you know, <laughs> and then also I, I I'm not perfect. I'm sinful. So it was a repeated work and entrenching in God's word that led to change. Yeah, this side of heaven, there's always going to be cycles of sin that we have to always work through, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But I I think what's great about that example or even that acronym is it it really, we were recognizing a few things here. And so this can almost apply to anybody, whatever you're struggling with, right? Right. Um, But we just applied it to to what she was going through. I'm stealing it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great because Carly and I thought through it a lot. And thank you. And we're just recognizing that often most, you know, when we when we get into a struggle, the thoughts that we have are so tied to our heart and they're often untrue or unbiblical. It's that unbiblical thinking that the battle starts in the mind. Um, 
And then God's word, which is truth, is what you would use to renew your mind so you can begin to think biblically. You've got to hold that, that unbiblical thought captive and to be able to renew it with what is true, what is true. And another part of that, though, and I find this, and you probably do as well, Kim, in counseling, that a big part of the struggle is oftentimes the person has such a low view of God. And then, of course, uh, we must emphasize just dependence upon God through prayer. That's another struggle that you often find the sufferer just feels like God's so far away. Um, and so prayer often builds that relationship back. And then going back to what do you live in light of? You live in light of the gospel. We all live in light of the gospel, you know? And so I think it was neat to just work on that and really think through um, just how that's supported by Scripture so well. And so once you've built a friendship with a person who struggles in this way and you've given them hope and you've done some diligence in the areas that we in which we spoke— um, as Proverbs 4.23 reminds us, mm-hmm. we can only experience true peace in our life by working through difficulties from the inside out. So ultimately, we do need to be concerned with um, the heart, which is part of our inner man, right? And so the pressure, or we could say the heat of postpartum depression, will reveal what one worships, Um, Anything that you go through, a circumstance outside of yourself, is always going to reveal what's going on inside of the heart. And that's really what drives emotions and behaviors. We know that from Matthew 15. God, Jesus talks about out of the heart the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, we we also need to talk about, I think, what would be helpful, just common heart themes. Uh, We already spoke about one. You described it at the beginning. But... Are there any, other than control, are there other ones that are common that you think would be evident in a person struggling in this way? I mean, mean, it's probably related to control. For me personally, it brought to the surface my struggles with perfectionism and just, you know, broadly a lack of faith, which is a manifestation of pride, right? So um, I was just really centered on self. And um, the put on in that scenario is faithfulness. So... um, after a lot of work and practical changes, I had to renew faithfulness and commitment to God, um, who I knew I could rely on completely, even during you know the worst parts of PPD. God's provision of forgiveness and salvation through the finished work of Christ is uh, a great motivator towards humility and faithfulness. <laughs> and um, that was really, I think, the main hearted attitude. You mentioned perfectionism, Carly, and um, and you mentioned the root of that. Um, when we are prone to those tendencies, and we're we're looking for opportunities to be the perfect mom. I'm using air quotes here because there <laughs> is no perfect mom, uh, the perfect wife. Uh, speak to us maybe about something that we all are familiar with called social media (laughs) and how that influences um, what we're thinking when we have those desires already. Yeah, and I think particularly for my generation, we are experiencing um, parenthood finally, uh, millennials, and there is a huge temptation to compare yourself to mm-hmm. not just your peers, but I guess influencers or anybody out there that you follow on Instagram or whatever, um, because it's such a curated space. 
and often just often just deceptive. I mean, straight up lies. Yeah. Um, people can change their entire look. And I think there's been enough news about people who are frauds on the internet, <laughs> you know, the YouTube families or whatever, that we should be more aware of this and like more critical. But there's, it's just such a deceptive space. For me, I think during my pregnancy, I felt that I needed to get hep with what the ladies were doing. Like, how are we dressing our children? I didn't, you know, there's just little things. And I think that's where I started was like, what are these, you know, top moms on Instagram looking like? And, you know, what do they buy? What are the Montessori toys, you know? And what ended up happening was instead of, you know, focusing on maybe like the more trivial things, I think my brain got entrenched into this like world of over overly aesthetic and not what is actually important. Appearance. <laughs> Appearance, yeah. It, there's uh, a level of secular mom who needs to be it all. She needs to be the it mom, which is a mom who has a successful side hustle or full-time job with a nanny, I guess, daycare. Um, she's also thin and beautiful and snaps right back after birth. And she is thoughtful about her skincare and she eats kale. <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, or the other extreme I see a lot is the mom who just couldn't care less. And she says, bingo. She says curse words in front of her children and she puts her hair in a messy bun and that's her life. And there's realism that is fun to acknowledge as a joke, but you don't also want to take it to the extreme where. There's no care. Um, obviously, we're called <laughs> as Christian women. Life givers. Yeah. To um, not be – we're not to be sarcastic. Right. Or, or to use social media to complain about our children nonstop, which is the other side of that that really bothers me. Um, there, There's such a genuine, you know um, – love and respect for our children that we should have and, you know, protection of them on social media too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of things there that um, can be tempting to emulate or to fall into or to compare yourself to. And honestly, um, if you struggle with being addicted to social media, get an accountability partner or just delete it, you know, cut off the hand, as Christ says, because it's just not worth it. And I'm, for me, um, at the time of his birth and what was happening politically was showing up on my Twitter feed. It was really stressing me out. So I just sure. deleted it. I just yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Um, and I also told my husband, do not turn on the news. <laughs> I, d- I have enough to deal with. Um, so, yeah, there's elements like that, too. Um, it can't. It's not just the perfect moms on Instagram, but you might be influenced by other social media philosophies that go around. Yeah, the key word there is influence, and it does its job. (laughs) And speaking of influence, you know, God has designed an influence in influencers, and it's called Titus 2. Well, yeah, I was thinking love your children came to mind when she was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and um, as older women, we need to step out there and be available. And you're speaking about some things that I'm like, okay, this is new to me. But God's word is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so I can go to the word of God and I can walk alongside, you know, another Carly that this may be, work, you know, happening to because I have God's word. 
And so don't be afraid. And this is why, by God's grace, we're going to have this pamphlet so that we can help these older women come to the younger women. But that's where the real influence needs to be. Amen. Yeah, amen. Um, So Carly, if one of the women of my church were to come to me, you know, they showed signs of PPD. They opened up to me that they were struggling with depression. Um, I want to be able to walk alongside them. This has encouraged me um, to to be with you today. Would you just share um, some really practical suggestions of how the body of Christ can help and love the PPD sufferer practically? Yeah, and like we mentioned before, it's important to remember that um, women experience PPD at different levels. Mm -hmm. So be a good listener and a good question asker. Um, that's the first, don't assume that you already know everything about PPD or how she should be feeling because just like any other, um, struggle, there's just, you know, unique circumstances, um, ensure her that there's forgiveness of sin (laughs) and to not let shame keep her from seeking help. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Um, and I, I needed someone to hold my son so I could nap because <laughs> he needed to be held. He was, you know, he wasn't a great sleeper. I needed someone. I would have been right there. Yeah. But I'm sure you had plenty of help, but yeah. I would have been, I would have been right there. <laughs> I, you know, and I needed someone to watch him while I went to counseling for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my husband a lot of the time, but sometimes we, he was at work or whatever. Um, I needed a lot of prayer. I think sitting down and praying with someone who's suffering and um, holding their hands, you know, if they're a touchy person. Some people aren't. But I think physical touch when you're suffering is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, offer help to her husband, you know, connect to him. Maybe he needs someone to talk to um, or maybe he needs a break <laughs> to get out. Um, he might be doing the lion's share of housework or f- you know, food preparation and see if he needs assistance, you know, if he needs in and out (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and entrench her with encouraging scripture like we talked about. Do not burden her with something like flowers or a plant. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. This may be a personal pet peeve, but the last thing a woman who's caring for a difficult infant needs. Something else to care for. (laughs) Yeah, something to water or to have to cut and prepare, you know, or or show fake gratitude for, you know. Yeah, it's something we wouldn't have thought about. That's really practical. (laughs) That's really practical. You know, but I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. I mean, be really thoughtful of what she's going through when you mm-hmm. when you offer something, and and maybe it's just a point of being like, you know, and there might be a little firmness you need to show loving firmness in the sense of no, let me help you. What exactly do you need? Do you need me to go to the grocery store? You know, I am here for you. I think anyone who comes along a woman who's suffering through this and can understand the practicalities of like how often an infant needs to feed. And it may be an older baby too. You know, PPD can, sometimes I have a friend who said her PPD manifested at six months. And so don't think that just because a mother um, has already had children, some women experience PPD on baby number five, um, or that a mother has a child who's older that they're not struggling, you know, check in with her um, if you feel that you're seeing some symptoms. Good words. Yeah, it's a good word. It's so helpful, you know, because she's lived it. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to think through that and praise the Lord, 
as uh, Carly's biblical counselor um, was so faithful, Zandra, to help her uh, just identify some of those unbiblical heart attitudes, um, realigning her thoughts with scripture, mm-hmm. and repentance did take place. I just want to say one thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want to say, um, if you're listening to this episode and you're currently struggling with PPD, you're not alone. Um, Other sisters have seen Christ's love and mercy during that time, and they've grown into motherhood with joy. So don't despair. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for including that. I think that's really encouraging. Um, and, And it is a praise. Um, you know, it's a praise to the Lord because he does that work in our hearts. And as Zondra was faithful to help Carly identify unbiblical heart attitudes and just realign her thoughts with Scripture, repentance did take place. Um, she's a living testimony sitting right in front of me right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the physical needs were addressed, and um, Carly uh, also just she just found hope and peace in Christ as we dealt with the spiritual and the physical and let me tell you, that was such a comfort to a mama's heart, because it's hard to see your daughter go through that. But God is good. And mm-hmm. I think God used that time to teach us all valuable lessons, um, even exposing um, issues in my own heart as we were going through that. And so I just personally, uh, with great joy, just want to thank you, my daughter, uh, Carlisle, for just joining us today. Um, and as we already talked about, one of the ways uh, to which God has used Carly's postpartum depression for her good, for my good, and for God's glory is having us, uh, giving us an opportunity to co-write that little booklet that we talked about, Postpartum Depression, How to Stop the Spiral with his all-sufficient word. And from what I understand, it's scheduled for printing um, sometime in July. Um, The Association of Certified Biblical Counselors are the ones that are producing that. Uh, They have a whole series called Biblical Solutions Series for Problems that People Face. It's just a neat little um, just series for biblical counselors. Sometimes it's hard for us to like read a really big book, so this is just kind of getting to the to the main thing, and it's very helpful. And there's lots of good ones. And if you would like to go onto their website to check out what those are, um, it's real easy to find. Um, there can be found on www.biblicalcounseling.com backslash biblical solutions. Uh, so it's great uh, great resources there. And, of course, we also want to thank the Masters University and our awesome production team (laughs) for today's episode. Thank you, Kaylin. But for more information on the Masters University, you can go on to their website, masters.edu. That's masters.edu. And also, if you haven't subscribed to the Women's Hope podcast yet, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram um, at Women's Hope Show, mm-hmm. right? At mm-hmm. Women's Hope Show. We're also on the Bar Network, the Bar Podcast Network. And of course, we're on Master's webpage um, where you can find us at women-hope.masters.edu. Well, that's it for, for us today. But as we close, we want to take the time to let all of you know how appreciative we are of our listening audience. We love you. We pray for you. We care for you. And I know for me personally, as I travel around and I speak at all of these various women's events, I'm so encouraged when ladies come up to me and tell me that they listen to our podcast and how much it ministers to them. And so Kim and I just um, were excited about that. And we have lots and lots of things that we're going to be involved in this summer. 
And very, so very busy, very, we're very full. We have a full summer. And so if you do see us, please, please be sure to come up and say hello mm-hmm. and let us know um, how Women's Hope Podcast ministered to you. Um, and so until then, we want to wish all of you a happy summer because we won't be back in studio until sometime in August. Is that correct? We might have one supplementary. We do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll be back in the recording studio with Betty Price, our beloved Betty, um, speaking of older women, ministering to younger women. Um, and we're going to talk about thought life. And I love that. What a great, like, um, just follow-up yeah, to what we're talking about today. Absolutely. And it'll be applicable, you know, because we'll hit topics, right? But this will this will address all the topics, you know, and it's something that I think our women will be able to grab a hold of and with anything that they're working through and examine their thought life. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then the break will begin. Then the break will begin. <laughs> but with that, uh, we're excited about that. And so until then, until August, we hope that you have a blessed day and a wonderful summer. Thank you for listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University. For more resources and episodes, visit masters.edu slash women's hope. For more information on the Masters University, visit masters.edu. We'll see you next time.